It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, uh, KT live Steiner's Pub, baby. Fifteen. Oh, oh sorry, seventeen fifty. Seventeen fifty. I'm not, I'm so amped up to go here. Chicago Bill and I talking, watching basketball, hanging out. Iowa and Maryland, and all the games are on. You got NBA going on over here with the Bulls and the Cavs, and plenty of hockey games going on. VGK off tonight, but uh, KT's riled up here and uh, ready to roll here. Seventeen fifty North Buffalo, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. Steiner's Pubs, twenty four hour establishments. Got to be twenty one and older. Valentine's Day, you know, is going to be festive everywhere when you go out. But the food prices are fantastic. The service is impeccable, and it is a great place to cruise out on this Valentine's Day. A lot of you celebrating Ash Wednesday, so you got to be careful on what you eat. But they've got a diverse menu, great stuff here. Uh, the Pollo Loco soup is outstanding. Homemade soups, homemade salad dressings. they got everything from salmon to you name it. I mean, the best chicken breast sandwiches, the best burgers. You can build your own burger. All that great stuff. And, of course, Wednesday nights, beef stroganoff. I'm telling you, it's uh, one of the better specials. And they have a lot of great specials. But I'm partial to that beef stroganoff. Really enjoy that. Uh, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. That's right there at Windmill in between South Point and Mandalay Bay. And then, of course, 8410 West Cheyenne. That's the initial uh, Steiner's Pub. That is the oldest of the three establishments, 25 years plus now, and uh, continuing to grow. Mark Hoke is uh, back there at PSR Law Studios and, of course, taking care of business. We'll have a couple guests on the PSR Law Hotline. Panache Ravaputi, the best in personal injury. And uh, we use that hotline for Mark Lawrence, hour number one, and for the great Andy Isco, in hour number two, strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice in year number five now here in the Vegas Valley. Long time, still going in Southern California. You got that 702 down for Vegas. Jot it down in case you need personal injury help in the future. 560-5520-560-5520-5520. And we will uh, cruise on through. A lot going on. I mean, you name it, it's going on. And it's not all good. So let's get this hump day rolling. Now, the starting five. Number one. And I'm telling you, if you're listening to the news at the top of the hour prior to SportsX Radio right here on Odyssey, I mean, it is tragic. I mean, one dead, 22 shot, nine children at the end of the Chiefs' victory parade right there. And uh, that is, let me see, I'm just trying to get my bearings here. But this is not good. I mean, when you have something like this, and they're saying right now that out of the ones that were shot that are still alive eight were in immediately life-threatening condition and seven more were in life-threatening condition so uh, prayers out there big time for everybody that's been affected they have three people that they have held now that are being detained and are under investigation i hope they get these people and i'm sick of this crap i mean this stuff has to happen i stop happening and there's got to be some major penalties for stuff like this. 
We've got a set of precedents. And, I mean, there's none of this slap in the hand, all right? I, I know there's some liberal people out there. But at the end of the day, if that's your kids, you're not going to be happy with these people just, you know, getting in and out of jail the way things are going in this country. It's absolutely repulsive, and it needs to stop. And uh, we need to come down. There's got to be major deterrence. And if that means bring back the death penalty federally, I don't care. KT, I'm all for it. Let's move on. Number two. All right, uh, let's concentrate now on some sports that are going, and a lot going on. How about Steve Wilkes? Lasted one year there for the San Francisco 49ers as defensive coordinator. Look, I like Kyle Shanahan's offense. I like the way that he's innovative. But realistically, when I listen to him, I'm not so sure that he really did know the overtime rule. I don't have a problem with him, you know, doing what he did if he did think it out. But the way he just seemed kind of scattered a little bit when they were asking him initially. And then he came back and was a little bit more emphatic the next day. Like, oh, yeah, we, we planned. We talked about this. When none of the members of the offense knew anything about it, I mean, who'd you talk to amongst yourselves? Aren't you going to relay that to the offense? So I really feel like maybe defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, he may be a scapegoat. I mean, he's out. I get it. You're frustrated. You blew a game. You probably should have won. Look, you can't put up points in the first half. That's not on the defense. They held Kansas City to three freaking points, and they got them in the last series. So you're going to fire Steve Wilkes? I don't get it. I get it that uh, D'Amico Ryans did a nice job as a head coach over there in Houston. You lost him. You lost Robert Sala before that. He's not doing anything great in New York. He's praying that Aaron Rodgers comes back and uh, finds the fountain of youth. But, you know, to let Steve Wilkes go, I thought he did a pretty good job. He dealt with a lot of injuries on that defense throughout the season. Nick Bosa wasn't healthy all year. A lot of injuries. I mean, you lose one of your better players, your second-leading tackler, early in the second quarter in that game, and you're right there. You're right there. You still have a great opportunity to win that game. Yes, you didn't make that last stand. And... You know, yeah, the defense will take their lumps, but the offense should have gotten in the end zone. The right tackle should have blocked his guy, and you had two guys wide open that could have put San Francisco in the end zone to start that overtime. And if Kansas City does get the kickoff after that and they go for two and I lose that way, so be it. Because I did get a great line from somebody today that was uh, talking, that was Andy Isco, and he is going to explain why he would have taken the ball first, too, if he were San Francisco. We'll get to that in hour number two. Number three. All right. uh, Show the door to Chris Holtman, Ohio State. Chris Holtman, basketball coach, Ohio State Buckeyes. Yep, they're struggling this year. They got beat last night, and he is gone. He is out of there. And uh, did a good job over there at Butler and then took over the Ohio State University. They'll uh, buy him out for $12.8 million, according to new athletic director uh, Ross Bjork. And uh, don't know. Who's going to take over there? You've got plenty of names there. Sean Miller over there at Xavier. He could be right there in Columbus. Uh, He was able to sidestep any problems there in Tucson, but was out of there. Uh, Thad Mata Mata actually doing a real nice job in Butler. And uh, he was the one that actually uh, was at Ohio State before Holtman. So we'll see what happens there. But that was kind of sudden right after the game last night that they lost. And he is out in Columbus just shy of finishing up year number seven, Chris Holtman, no longer the head coach for men's basketball at The Ohio State University. Number four. All right, let's move on down. Now, a little news, a little good news here for the Detroit Lions. I noticed this uh, just a little bit ago. Matthew Betts 
Uh, this guy's a pretty darn good defensive player. However, you don't know of him unless you follow the CFL, Canadian Football League. CFL's most outstanding defensive player, Chris Wynn, is a happy camper because this guy's a new member of the Detroit Football Lions. 18 sacks in 18 games with British Columbia last season. That is impressive, and uh, they can use a little help on defense. That team is right there. Probably should have been in the Super Bowl, but uh, blew that second half 24-7 lead and came up just a little bit short. But a nice little piece being added to a young team and a team that uh, is under the salary cap and in good shape going forward. So we'll keep an eye on this kid. He did it well in Canada. Remember, that's a bigger field, too. you got to move laterally pretty good. And bets with 18 sacks, 18 games. We'll see if he adds to that defense in a big way for the Detroit Lions. Number five. All right, number five. Let's go right to it. Adam Silver saying, you know what? Las Vegas, definitely an expansion candidate. And you know what? Of course it is. I mean, everybody sees what's going on here in Vegas. And, of course, VGK, great expansion, showing the way. Las Vegas Aces moving here and uh, taking care of business in a big way with a couple championships. And, of course, the Raiders making the move as well. So now, RDA is going to be here? Well, that's still up in the air. But it looks like the NBA is looking at expansion. And if that happens, this place is going to have probably all four sports Got to be a little bit uh, more diligent security-wise, I will say that. Because anybody that was around here for the NBA All-Star game knows that that was absolutely out-of-control insanity that night. So Metro better beef up. We're going to bring NBA basketball here because, no offense, but you're going to get some gangbangers cruising in from L.A. just like you did for that All-Star weekend. So I'd love to have the uh, franchise here, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to make sure that you have security at the forefront. You see what happened in Kansas City today? Trust me, you've got to be prepared. But I look forward to the association making it to Vegas in the near future. And that is a look at the starting five. Lots going on. I mean, there's so much stuff to get into. There were so many as far as starting five. Uh, A lot of people didn't realize that Golden State, I didn't myself until I read it, had actually uh, tried to pull the trigger and grab LeBron James before the trade deadline was done. And uh, they may try to get a couple other guys, but LeBron James, can you imagine him with Steph Curry? Oh, that would have just been epic as far as uh, over there in the Bay Area. They'd have been happy campers there. Meanwhile, Connor McDavid, how about six assists last night in that 8-4 victory for Edmonton over Detroit? That was pretty impressive. And uh, last I saw, Detroit Titans, college basketball's winless Detroit Titans, 0-26. Had a 15-point lead on IUPUI at the half, who are 6-20. And I'll get you an update on that in just a second. And uh, let me see. We also have Army and Notre Dame, and they are going to be playing uh, some football over at Yankee Stadium. So I'm looking forward to that. That is going to be a lot of fun. Notre Dame and Army going back, way back, the Four Horsemen. Only Chicago Bill was alive way back then. That was held in the Polo Grounds, which is across from the Harlem River from Yankee Stadium. And they are looking to have this game coming up, uh, let me see, I think it's in November. And I will get that, but uh, Notre Dame and Army at Yankee Stadium. Notre Dame and Army, they'll play for the 52nd time in Chicago. Bill, of course, the big Army guy right here. 39-8-4 is the series. Uh, Notre Dame leads at 39 wins, 8 losses, and 4 draws in that series. But uh, that is neat. And this Army team's respectable, there's no doubt. And I don't want them to win against Navy this December because I'm going to try and make it there with all my heart with Chicago Bill, see if we can't uh, get that off the bucket list. However, that shooting in Kansas City really just kind of throws you for a loop. And Lisa Lopez-Galvin from one of the radio stations there 
uh, shot and killed. I mean, can you even imagine? Yeah, what are you doing? Now I'm going to go cover the parade, the celebration of the Super Bowl back-to-back parade, and then you don't make it home because you got shot in some tragic shooting. It's absolutely repulsive. And, uh, you know, Chicago Bill was talking to me. doesn't matter where you go nowadays. You've got to be prepared at all times. We see it in churches. We see it all across the country. So you've got to be ready. And, you know, people that, uh, uh, look, I'm, I'm all about the Second Amendment. It's how you protect yourself in this country and how you protect yourself from other countries invading your country like we're getting invaded right now. So I'm all about the Second Amendment. So I'm not poo-pooing that. But some of these people that get hold of guns, and a lot of them are legal, they need to be dealt with and the penalties need to be severe or you're not going to have the deterrent that you need to stop this crap. Let's go and see how Detroit's doing. Got to get back to sports because we've got Mark Lawrence coming up. He'll be on in uh, about six minutes from now. Let me go down college basketball. Nailed a few of these games. A couple of them were uh, the favorite did lose at home and then returned the favor. Oakland Golden Grizzlies were one of those teams. They had lost to uh, Fort Wayne at home. They turned around and beat Fort Wayne 71-63 in a pick game. They get the win there. Uh, Fort Wayne was actually a one-point favorite last night but I gave out Golden Grizzlies. Now, uh, East Tennessee State, not so good. They lost at home, but they played Chattanooga on the road. They were plus 7.5. They lose by 13, 84-71. Boston U, also on that add-on board, they had lost at home to Army. They lose again to Army, 65-50 to on the road. Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. Notre Dame beats them 58-55, but they do not cover the 3.5. So Georgia Tech was one of those that lost on their home court. They lose again, but they do cover the game so uh, that scenario is two and two right now second half murray stayed up six on missouri state laying four and a half they trailed it by one at the or by two at the half and belmont's up big on southern illinois 74 61 i gave that one out they got beat by 10 and in carbondale but those are both great places to you know as far as home court advantage so belmont i figured would take care of business uh, minus two and a half against Southern Illinois. Closed at three over at the Westgate Superbook. Iowa, they lost at home to Maryland. Remember, we talked to Fran McCaffrey last night. They lead Maryland right now, 32-26 a minute to go in the first half there. And uh, make it 35-28 under a minute to go right now. All Auburn blowing out South Carolina first half. Uh, Bruce Pearl, man, he's taking no prisoners. You kidding me? You go to Auburn, good luck. 47-28, Gamecocks, they're playing good ball. They're in the top 15, but... Uh, they were in for a rude awakening tonight, big time. Meanwhile, Loyola Chicago, they're up five on St. Joe's. They trailed by one at the half. They're laying three and a half. That's another one of those scenario games where Loyola won at St. Joe's as an underdog. Northern Iowa, no problem, crushing Valparaiso, 50-34, to 14-21 to go. Second half on the road, nice effort there. And Bradley at home in Peoria, they are lights out pretty much. 66-47, they lead Illinois Chicago by 19, laying 14. Still got work to do, but 11-12 to go in that one. So we'll keep an eye on the games rolling. Move on down, games just getting underway. Western Carolina up one, six minutes in on Samford. 13-5, UConn out of the gate. Up on DePaul, 15-39 to go first half. Tennessee, 18-15 lead at Arkansas, seven and a half minutes in. And ASU, who got beat by 13 in Corvallis, trying to return the favor up 13-4 to out of the gate in Tempe. Games coming up. Both Mountain West games. Utah State at Wyoming in Laramie. Aggies, minus eight, 149 and a half your total. UNLV, talked to Coach Kevin Kruger last night. He's got to have the Rebs ready. They're minus four and a half, 138 your total. A win here, then they play Reno on Saturday, and then they go to try and avenge that crushing loss to Air Force at Thomas and Mack, but the Rebs on a four-game winning streak. Let's keep it going tonight. We will see if we can do just that, and I'll get you some of the add-on board scores a little bit later. 
And right before I go to break here, let me just update just a couple more things, and then we're going to jump out of here in the association. Two finals, Orlando beat the Knicks 118-100. Easy cover of the four game goes over. Hornets pound the Hawks. They were seven-point home dogs. They win it by 23, 122-99. Charlotte, 238-and-a-half game stays well under. I'll keep an eye on all the other games that are rolling, including Lakers at Jazz. That game just underway, and we'll get in uh, some hockey scores as well. Big slate on the ice now. It's actually a small slate. It's Florida, 4-1, to one, leading after two against Pittsburgh. That game was scoreless after one. And after two, San Jose, Winnipeg, one nothing. Winnipeg leads it. Five and a half was the total. Chicago Bill was mad at himself because he didn't play that game under before he got to Steiners. Minnesota's at Arizona. Only, only game left on the board. The Wild, minus 110 off the win at VGK here in Vegas on Sunday. And uh, Arizona is uh, got a six total there. So it's Minnesota minus 110 in Tempe to play the Arizona Coyotes, and six is your total. Take a break. Come right back. Keep things rolling with Mark Lawrence. And do not forget, use that Odyssey Rewind feature. It is outstanding. Miss any part of the show? Just go search Ken Thompson SportsX Radio right there on the Odyssey app. It is a free worldwide app. Mark Hoke's show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Best in professional wrestling, bar none. There's other shows around the country, not near as good as Mark Hoke's show. Trust me guy's on top of it he follows all the different uh you know uh you know the, the, the wwe the aw follows them all all the different outfits he's on top of all this stuff sometimes you get that and you're like well, what's the word and it gets stuck in your head especially at my age but uh mark hoke does a great job so please follow and uh, download that free app at Mark Hoke Show. Follow him on twitter at mark lawrence and mark spelled with a c you can follow him on twitter as well and of course Vegas Andy 7-Eleven. That's how you follow Andy Isco as well. And, of course, it's known as X now, but uh, Twitter, everybody still has referred to it as tweets. And uh, some sad notes as well. Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman Tony Hudson passed away at 49 years of age a couple days ago. He was an offensive guard in the 90s. And then Don Gullett, pitcher for the Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds, passed away earlier. And uh, I think that was either today or yesterday. 73 years of age, Don Gullett, fine pitcher for years and had a real nice record career-wise. Didn't pitch uh, a long, long time, but uh, won 65% of his games and uh, always a quality starter, especially in postseason. Take a break, come back, keep things rolling. It is Hump Day live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 1 of 3 in the Vegas Valley. Get on down there, 24-hour establishments. Remember, you've got to be 21 and older, but get, out, get down there and enjoy yourself. Great gaming, great food, great service, and, of course, KT, 1750 North Buffalo. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Little Peter Gabriel coming back on a hump day. Mark Hoke's been in the hits Wednesday night. KT live at Steiner's Pub. And uh, paying attention to all this college basketball and uh, hockey going on. Just three games in the uh, NHL. But got a bunch of games going in the association. I'll get you all those scores a little bit later. But so much going on. I did say I was going to check that Detroit score. And they did get the win. They won it by 15, 81-66. to They beat IUPUI. And uh, the line went from six to five and a half, right? And you're looking at a team 0-26. You're like, wait a minute, how can this team be a favorite? But they knew IUPUI would be the one team that had, they'd have an opportunity to beat. And they beat them like a drum, beat them from wire to wire, led by 15 at the half. It got down to, I think, seven in the uh, second half. And then they opened it back up and went at 81-66. So the Titans, off the schneid, as we say, and uh, take care of business. 
as far as their first win of the season. Belmont putting away Southern Illinois now up 17 with 249 to go, so they're going to avenge that loss. And Murray State now up only four on Missouri State, 734 to go. Second half, keeping an eye on all these college basketball scores. And somebody that does the same thing is my good pal Mark Lawrence because he loves college hoops. This time of the year, Mark, it's a lot of fun, but let's go back to the big game because Mr. Lawrence was all about Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Yeah, it was a nice uh, nice effort by Kansas City for sure. Patrick Mahomes, I think he stamped himself as being a certified generational quarterback, Kenny. Uh, the things he did in the football game were uh, just head-scratching, much deserving of the MVP award, and uh, we'll see whether or not they can three-peat next year and whether or not they can uh, break that spell that way. But all in all, a great job by Kansas City, and I think a little bit of a mismanagement, if you will, on the part of Kyle Shanahan in the game. Yeah, not only the uh, – and I, I said that at the opening of the, of the uh, show. Uh, I really don't feel he's being honest, I, to tell you the truth. I, I do not think that he was on top of that rule going into overtime. But Andy Isco is going to lay it out how he can see that even if he does know the rules, that he can understand an angle with San Francisco's team to take the ball first in the overtime. So – uh, and, and he explained it to me, and it made a lot of sense. So listeners will be uh, privy to that in hour number two. Now, what I didn't agree with was the firing of Steve Wilkes because that defense was banged up throughout the year. They lost one of their better tacklers, their second-leading tackler, in the second quarter in that game. So, you're telling, so in other words, you're telling me if San Francisco wins that game, Steve Wilkes is still your defensive coordinator. But because they lost that game in overtime, he becomes a scapegoat, and you end up firing him? This is a team that played Nick Bosa was hurt throughout the year. There were a lot of guys that were hurt on that defense on and off, and they did a nice job. They weren't the same dominant defense against the run, and I know they struggled against uh, Green Bay and Detroit in the playoffs against the run. But your take on that, Steve Wilkes getting fired. Well, like you said, Kenny, somebody had to, you know, had to be the sacrificial lamb, and it ended up being Steve Wilkes, and I don't think it's justified at all either. You go back and you look at their body of work this season here. My goodness. I mean, uh, through the end of the regular season, that team was outgained only two times all season long. There's no team in the league that had better stats than did San Francisco offensively to defensively to overall stats in the game. Uh, I, you know, it's sort of like head scratching to me, like when Buffalo fired their offensive coordinator, when their defense was not living up to, up to standard and they fired the offensive coordinator. I don't know what this was. I think it was a reach, and I think Steve Wilkes was the guy whose name they pulled out of the hat. There you go. I agree with that, Mark Lawrence. Now, how, how did you – you're not a prop guy, right? You don't do uh, much as far as the props goes? No, I don't do much. I, you know, maybe at one or two, three props uh, I'll isolate. And, you know, I uh, honestly, I was playing against Brock Purdy. I was looking for him to fold up under the pressure here. And to his credit, I think he had a pretty decent football game. Uh, and he's not Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes proved why you need a quarterback like him to win the Super Bowls. But I don't believe Brock Purdy embarrassed himself any at all in the football contest. Uh, so, you know, my props were basically fading Brock Purdy, interceptions, passes completed, and uh, all that, the like of that. So I come up empty on the props. Yeah, once a game like that goes into overtime, too, you're any, any type of personal, uh, you know, shots there as far as unders, then you got to sweat them out big time. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those games that Kansas City's offense was pretty much non-existent in the first half. They're lucky to get that field goal there at the end, and the Niners up 10-3. But, you know, most people think they should have been up 20-3. to 
you know, going to uh, halftime. Well, you know that adage, Kenny, you hang around, you hang around, uh, you're sure. not down by as many points as you look like it appeared you should be. And suddenly that's a moral victory, especially taking it into the locker room. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Kansas City kicked the field goal just before the end of the half to put some points yep. on the scoreboard. So at least motivationally, you know, they felt like, uh, hey, we got rubbed out, but we didn't get rubbed out as bad on the scoreboard as we did in the field here. So we'll see what happens in the second half, and uh, I think it worked to their advantage. No doubt about it. The experience played off. They're like, God, we just played a lousy half. We're only down seven. This is great. We're good. And they were good, and they were confident, and uh, they get the win back-to-back Super Bowls. So good for them. I'm hoping the uh, Raiders are going to have a good season next year, and I know uh, down in your area and sure the Dolphin fans feel like they can make a few tweaks and then of course in your home state where you were a big Browns fan and still root for Cleveland uh, they're going to hopefully stay healthy and make a few tweaks your take as far as uh, Joe Flacco going forward as a Browns fan well he'll be the fans choice going into the season here Kenny because number one it's not hard to dislike Deshaun Watson Uh, The Cleveland Browns fans have not taken to him, even though he played a good football game his last game before he got injured. He still wasn't really a catalyst leading them anywhere. Joe Flacco came in and ignited a fire into the football team and, you know, led them as far as uh, he did into the playoffs. So I think the fans will be all around Joe Flacco, and I think he's an outstanding backup quarterback. The Browns have too much money invested in Deshaun Watson not to start him. He will be their starting quarterback. But what really amazes me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I was looking at the at the odds for uh, to get to the Super Bowl next year at DraftKings, mm-hmm. and they had the Chicago Bears listed at a shorter price than the Cleveland Browns. Get out of here! I'm telling you, I'm telling wow. you, they did. Yep, they they sure did. Uh, the Chicago Bears a smaller price than the Cleveland Browns. Now I don't know if it's because the Cleveland Browns have to get through the likes of uh, Kansas City and perhaps mm-hmm. Buffalo, you know. Yep. Uh, but the Chicago Bears, are you kidding me? We don't even know who their quarterback's going to be at this point right now. Yeah, it's a good call. But, yes, the AFC is so much stronger, more of a gauntlet, at least on paper right now, uh, barring injuries. But, yeah, when you've got KC and Baltimore and Buffalo and right out of the gate, those three uh, are going to be tough. But Cleveland, we know the defense was there up until that playoff game at Houston. And I think maybe the worst thing that happened to them was they went into Houston just a few weeks before and destroyed that Texans team. But of course, CJ Stroud wasn't there at the helm and uh, the rookie had something for him. So uh, the old Ohio State guy going back and uh, while they rooted for him in that Cleveland area, I'm sure for those Buckeye games, they were not happy with them uh, putting away their brownies there in the postseason. No, they weren't at all doing just that. You know, C.J. Stroud, like you say, the former Buckeye, you know, laying the wood onto the Cleveland Browns. I think what a lot of people maybe overlook uh, after Cleveland's performance last year is uh, they got as far as they did for all intents and purposes without Nick Chubb. And he comes back healthy next year. I mean, he's a really, I mean, arguably the best running back in the National Football League. Uh, So you add him to the lineup here. Now, whether or not he'll factor in, uh, to the running game because when he was out of the lineup, they brought Joe Flacco in. It became a strictly a, an aerial show for the Cleveland Browns. But I think Deshaun Watson balances all that out for Cleveland here. He'll give them the opportunity to run pass and get the ball into Nick Chubb's hands as well. All right. So, Mark Lawrence, uh, now where do you take it now? Your NBA and college basketball, right, at the forefront for you? Yeah, NBA, college basketball, we're knee-deep into it right now, Kenny. Uh, we have a nice little run going here being very, very selective on our plays. There, there's one system that I've used my whole life, and uh, you know, I decided to focus on that this year, and it's really paid off dividends just by being 
by being very, very uh, conservative and just waiting for plays to come, not making plays happen. So just by being patient, let the plays come to you rather than you going out and making the play. There you go. And Thursday is always a good, solid day for college basketball. And I love it because you get a lot of the West Coast games, which is always fun. And uh, for me, especially because I'll get off the off the air by 8 o'clock, but there's still plenty of action going on. Got plenty of games going on tomorrow and uh, some good ones. Uh, Northwestern's at Rutgers. Uh, the Big Ten, I, I enjoy watching the Big Ten. And Northwestern's a fun team. And I really think that Collins has done a nice job for this team with, with this team. And I think that they're one of those teams that, they can beat anybody in that Big Ten on a given night, and they, we saw what they did when they played Purdue. Now, they lost twice, but both those games were right there. You know, they're the kind of team, Kenny, I said this in football, and the same thing in basketball applies here, that I don't think anybody in the Big Ten really wants to play uh, because they're going to give you that blue-collar effort every game, and it, that could hold true, especially in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Uh, they're a basketball team that deserves some due. I don't know if they're going to make the big dance, but they will be in a postseason tournament by the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, now, are you? Uh, now, you're already on top of tomorrow night's games. Yes, I am. I, I was just handicapping the card before I, Mark, yeah. Mark gave me the call. Yes. Right. Yeah, I figured. I figured you would be. Now, one of the other conferences I really enjoy uh, picking and choosing spots is, of course, the Summit, and uh, that is just a, a conference that is hard to figure out. This year, because you don't, I mean, South Dakota State's still a good, solid squad, but a lot of these teams, uh, they'll lose at home and then they'll, uh, they'll go to the other venue and they'll get beat on the road. So, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll win on the road. They'll win on the road after losing at home. So you see a, a lot of that in, uh, in the summit. Minnesota coming off the loss, they blew a 20 point lead at Iowa City on Sunday. And uh, the Hawkeyes were able to come back and get a win, and now they're trying to do to Maryland what Maryland did to them uh, tonight, and uh, Iowa leading by six at the half, 37-31. But Minnesota, how did they shake off blowing a 20-point lead with 11.48 to go in Iowa City and now get ready to take on Zach Eady and the Boilermakers in West Lafayette? They're plus 17, 145-and-a-half. That's a lot of points to give a team that doesn't play up-tempo like Minnesota. So if they're able to shoot it well early, they may be able to hang in that game. But if they get down double digits, then they're playing catch-up and they're playing at a pace that they're not comfortable with. Well, Kenny, you're my guru when it comes to teams and conferences like the Summit, the Summit League. Uh, I basically just follow them. I really don't get too deep into them. And when I'm doing my uh, my statistical analysis of teams and looking at their uh, where they rank uh, uh, defensively in the top ten, uh, field goal percentage, rebound margin, all those good things. Occasionally, teams like uh, that will come out of a conference like the Summit Conference. All of a sudden, they appear. I'm talking maybe like McNeese State. All of a sudden, McNeese State is a very, very good defensive basketball team, I see. And, you know, so when you it gets to be NCAA tournament time, I'm going to pay a little bit of extra attention to a team like McNeese State. Now, you mentioned St. Thomas, Minnesota here. They call themselves the Tommies, I guess that's their nickname. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, that's St. Thomas. But, no, I was talking about Minnesota Golden Gophers. They're playing Purdue. Oh, okay. They, I thought you were talking about this in the Summit League. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. I was. No, yeah, I was saying I, I said that, the yeah, the Summit, uh, it's tough to figure the Summit out. So then I jumped over to the Big Ten with uh, Minnesota trying to shake off, blowing a 20-point lead on Sunday to Iowa and uh, getting ready to go to West Lafayette. They're plus 17, but they're taking on the number two team in the country in the Purdue Boilermakers with uh, the big man Zach Eady. Yeah, that's going to be a real nice basketball game. You know, the thing about Purdue is, uh, you know, we all know how good they are. I mean, deservedly so. 
Uh, they'll be number one, number two ranked team in the country when the NCAA tournament comes, largely because they had a lot of a lot of talent coming back here. Five returning starters coming back here. Minnesota sitting here at 15 and eight. They're sort of a mid-run team right now. And boy, would this be a big feather in their cap to knock off the Boilermakers, who, by the way, have a fat two-game lead in the Big Ten Conference. That's one of the things I look for at this stage of the season, are conference leaders that have a, a lead that they can afford to lose a basketball game, and they'll walk off the court, and they'll still have a conference lead. So, you know, that gets me to looking to the underdog, the hungry underdog in a game like this. I have to look at Minnesota plus the points. All right, real quick, Mark, because UNLV does have a tilt uh, in a little bit. They're going to be at Fresno State. Uh, when my show concludes, I'll be able to listen to that game tonight and then uh, uh, watch it on TV a little bit later. But UNLV's minus 4.5. They're at Fresno. Total's 138. The Rebs got beat by Air Force, and they got beat like a drum, about a 40-point loss, and it looked like, what the heck, this team's just dead in the water. Kevin Kruger came on the show last night. He has the guys playing good, solid ball. They've won four in a row. And uh, if they can get the win against Fresno tonight, that would be five in a row. And then they would have the uh, Reno, uh, Nevada, who lost by a point last night at Lawler to New Mexico, coming in here Saturday. And that's going to be a red out over there at Thomas and Max. So everybody going to be wearing red on Saturday night. And it's a late game, uh, an 8.30 local start right here. So it's going to be the last game on on Saturday night. And uh, should get a lot of TV exposure there, especially in the sports books. What about UNLV? They need to get this win. They caused 21 turnovers from Fresno State in that first meeting at Thomas and Mack and got the win. Can they win tonight, minus the four and a half? Can they get the win in the cover at Fresno, Mark? Well, they're going with uh, a much more momentum here, Kenny, on that four-game win streak here. Much the better basketball team. They bring the winning record in here. Fresno scratching and clawing just to get up to the Mendoza line, if you will. I think it's a real nice spot for UNLV. And uh, they win this basketball game, as you mentioned here. What happens over the weekend here? Suddenly, this team is right in the thick of the Mountain West Conference chase. There you go. Here's Mark Lawrence. We take a break. We come back. We keep things rolling. One more segment. Going to get into some more college basketball with Mr. Mark Lawrence. And, uh, of course, we've got Andy Isco, who loves college hoops as well. We'll touch on the NBA, the association, and uh, they'll be getting ready for their big all-star break. And where are we at with some of these teams, like the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors? Uh, are these veteran teams with name players, big name players? Are they going to make the postseason? Probably in that uh, maybe that eight to ten play-in deal, but uh, are they even going to get in that that top, you know, six? And it doesn't look good for either the Lakers or Golden State. And it was interesting to read that Golden State was actually trying to pull the uh, the deal there to get LeBron James up to the Bay Area during the NBA trade deadline. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn, and of course we stream live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now, and uh, we will be right back live at Steiner's Pub. Keep it right here. coming back as we wrap up our number one KT Live Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Didn't do the lamb chop appetizer. Uh, started out just with some fries because I've been fasting for a little bit, but uh, going to get a great to-go meal, and they've got great to-go meals. I mean, you can get anything pretty much to-go, and the beef stroganoff, one of the best specials. Uh, Wednesday nights, it's definitely a go-to for KT, so uh, jot that down, but go online. They've got a great menu, diverse menu. Put in uh, your order. I'm telling you, 15, 20 minutes, you're there. 
and uh, come pick up your order. Great food. And then the youngins that are under 21 can try the great food from Steiner's Pub. All three locations, 24 hours. Got to be 21 and older. Ken Thompson, Mark Lawrence, at Mark Lawrence. Follow him on Twitter, now known as X, of course. Mark spelled with a C. And uh, talking some college hoops. And Mark, Minnesota, by the way, on a six-game winning streak against the uh, spread. So always interesting when you get to those type of uh, streaks there. Do you stay with them? San Diego, Steve Lavin's guys also have covered their last six games. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Toreros playing pretty good ball, and they're one of those late games tomorrow. Do you look at those kind of spreads, Mark, when you see them, uh, you know, to where they've mounted up like six, seven, eight, whether it's overs, unders, or wins or losses, and, and maybe get on that bandwagon until the streak ends? Kenny, you might avoid uh, stepping in front of them, but it's sort of like the, my merry-go-round theory where it's you're better off being on that merry-go-ride when it begins rather than it's going 100 miles an hour and then you're trying to jump on. Right. Make it tossed for a loop doing something like that, and you're also going to pay a price. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So. No doubt, man. No doubt. I used to uh, you know, just wonder if some of these guys back in the day when you'd see some of these old movies and these guys were jumping on these trains, and it looked like they weren't going that fast, but they were going fast enough that if you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you had a bad step, it could be curtains. You could be without a leg or even worse. So, yeah, definitely I uh, don't want to jump on anything going 100 miles an hour. That's for sure. All right, uh, some other games tomorrow because I would we were talking Minnesota-Purdue. We hit the Big Ten. But the first game on the docket is Northwestern and Rutgers. And uh, in Jersey, Rutgers, Scarlet Knights minus 2.5 against Northwestern. Tough for me to get uh, bet against Northwestern because I just respect the team. I know they're capable of winning on the road, and I know they're, uh, they're darn good in Evanston as well. But Rutgers, they're pesky. They're not playing great ball, but they're tough at home. Yeah, Rutgers is kind of a, a a little bit of an inside-out team for me, Kenny. Here, they do some good, they do some things well, and they do some things poorly. And you know, mm-hmm. it's a mix of the two that really concerns me about the basketball team. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get from them. Uh, sometimes uh, defensively, uh, they play some pretty good basketball. I think they rank. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like maybe in the top 15 in defensive field goal percentage, which is really nice. But they struggle offensively, and you know, so you got a team that can play the D but can't play the O. It makes it a little bit difficult for me to get a handle on a team like that. And like we just talked about Northwestern here being the type of team that you don't want to step in front of here. Uh, in fact, I'm looking right here right now. Rutgers offensive uh, uh, points per game, uh, I'm sorry, offensive field goal percentage is less than 40% from the floor. And that's pathetic yeah. in college football. You know, it's really pathetic. So uh, good defense, poor offense makes uh, probably a no play for me. There you go. Meanwhile, a uh, point going towards Portland, and uh, Lab's guys are going to try and get another win tomorrow at the Slim Gym, the Jenny Craig Pavilion. They're minus 7.5 against Portland, and a lot of times San Diego has been an underdog, and their games are a very low favorite at home. So uh, Portland, not a good team because they've lost several players early in the season, so they've really struggled with a shorthanded roster. So not going to touch that game either, but we do have some good West Coast games. Looking forward to that. And Cal at Washington State. Cal's playing much better this year, but Wazoo Wazoo answered the bell for me on Saturday, got a W in Eugene against Oregon. And I like this Washington State team. Kyle Smith going to try and get him on the show, their head coach. But this, uh, this Cougar team is a lot of fun to watch. They're minus 9, 140 the total. A lot of points to lay, but uh, hard for me to go against Wazoo at home. Well, I think so too, Kenny. They're playing some really good basketball, and uh, they do have revenge. Cal tripped them up earlier this year. 
and you have this theory that I like uh, when you have a winning team looking to avenge a same-season loss against a losing team, a winner against a loser, you have a whole lot more reason for that winning team to come focused in the basketball game. They don't want to go out with two losses to California uh, and expect any kind of a decent bid when it comes to be tournament time. Yeah, and in, in uh, revenge games tonight, you had Seton Hall minus 2.5 against Xavier. They got lost by 20 in Cincinnati, so I took Seton Hall. They won. They crushed them. Uh, Penn State, they got killed at Michigan State by 31, but they lost by 8 anyway, so they didn't come close to covering the 3.5. Clemson, they lost by 6, or I'm sorry, by 13 at Miami. Uh, they were minus 7.5. They had a great last five minutes, and they won that game tonight by 13, so they covered them. Belmont beats Southern Illinois. They lost by 10 in Carbondale, but Belmont gets the win at home minus the 2.5. The only game rolling right now, Arizona State and Oregon State, and that game is tightened up. But uh, looking to go 4-1 and one on those revenge games, yeah, I like that angle a lot, Mark, especially when you have uh, good, solid, quality teams at home that play good ball. This St. Mary's team is, is the best in the WCC. Uh, they've got, you know, a, a few, good, few good, solid players. Mahaney's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, uh, Dukas as well, pretty good. And Randy Bennett's always done a nice job coaching this team, but they've been in the shadow of the Zags for a long time. You think this might be the one year that they uh, may be able to get past Gonzaga down here at the Orleans? I think this is the year, Kenny. Uh, you know, they, they check a lot of good boxes, especially defensively. Number one team in the country in rebound margin. Really nice. Number five team in the country in defensive field goal percentage. Those are two huge checkbox assets that you want in a basketball team, and they're delivering and doing just that. They also only allow less than 58 points a game uh, on the court, so they're doing a lot of good things defensively, which is just exactly what you want from a team like this to be able to pull an upset. I think they're going to go further than Gonzaga in the big dance. All right, so speaking of the Zags, they're at Loyola Marymount. Used to go to games there, LMU. LMU got dusted off pretty good up at the Kennel in Spokane. Any chance they cover the Baker's dozen tomorrow? Lions right now catching 13 at Hank's house, Hank Gathers Court, and uh, over there at Gersten Pavilion in Westchester, California. Would you take the 13? Because it's hard for me to lay 13 with Gonzaga on the road this year. Yeah, I can't do that with Gonzaga this year, Kenny. Maybe, you know, the uh, the Gonzaga of old, the basketball team that went in with a lot of confidence, but I think this basketball team is looking for confidence right now. They're just not quite the same team. Uh, they don't have that killer instinct, if you will, and I certainly couldn't lay 13 points on the road with a team like that. Yeah, especially they come off the road and uh, win that game at Rupp Arena in Lexington, and we know how Kentucky had been struggling. Uh, first time ever in their history that they lost three straight home games at Rupp Arena, but they got that right last night and took care of business, got the W over Chris Beard and Ole Miss, win and a cover. So they're hoping they've righted the ship there, and uh, we'll wait and see how the Wildcats play in their next game. Mark Lawrence, always a pleasure. Let everybody know how they get, get the coffee club, the newsletter, get that college hoop stuff rolling now because I'm telling you, you keep on going to college is the way you are. I mean, college football has just been a moneymaker, and it's about that time of year for you in college hoops. Yeah, it is that time of the year, Kenny, right now when our focus is fully on the college basketball. Uh, our weekly basketball newsletter has gone out to a great start this season. You can subscribe online at playbooksports.com. If you do, you'll get the daily coffee club in your e-box each and every day all the way through the NCAA tournament. You can check it out all online at playbooksports.com. There you go. Hour number one in the books. The great Mark Lawrence back next Wednesday. Same bad time, same bad channel. We'll come back with Andy Isco. You keep it right here, 101.5 FMK. Don, we stream live on that Odyssey app. I'll get you caught up on all the scores. little message from the Preventative Diagnostic Center. At Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. We go to break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, 1750 North Buffalo, baby, one of three of those Steiner's pubs here in the Vegas Valley to serve you 24 hours a day. Got to be 21 and older. Great soup tonight. The Pollo Loco is outstanding. Love it. Love the homemade soups seven days a week. Doesn't get much better than that. The salad dressing's homemade as well and very diverse menu service. Outstanding. And uh, gaming, always a lot of fun. You have the marquee boards lit up on the left side of the bar when you walk in. You'll see the machines. You'll see the jackpots that have hit, which machines hit. And it uh, gives you a little advantage there to uh, see if you think one of these machines is going to remain hot. Now, you've got to hope that seat's open. But uh, the bar, it's a full bar. What they don't have on tap, they've gotten the bottle as far as the beer selection, which is outstanding. And then you've got all the bottles nice and cleaned off and a full bar and great service there. And uh, Carolyn, she's there. She's been there for a long time. She's outstanding. And just a great staff all the way around. Just the wait staff, uh, the busing, everything. And cleanliness, top of the line. Pet peeve of Roger Sachs, all three Steiner's publications, 24 hours a day. And like I told you, great menu online, diverse. And you can go there and you can check things out. Also, Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pierce here in the Vegas Valley. It is uh, year number five now, I believe, Vegas Valley. Uh, and, of course, we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. You're talking about having software that detects myocarditis and pericarditis. That is huge this time of, uh, of our lives right now with all that's been going on with this sudden death and people dropping dead left and right in their 40s and, and 50s and, and even in their 30s. And so we've seen it. Uh, so please uh, get there. You've got to be 40 to 72 to use the scanner. And uh, you can go to pdcenterlv.com. That's a website, and you can see the scanner right there online. But call now. You can leave your name and number. They'll get back to you with that free educational consultation. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534 534-7900. 534-7900. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you there. And the comfortable scan takes only a few minutes, and a few days later you're going to get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist, and that comes in two forms. You'll get it on a, a CD form, and then you also have it on a type, like a teletype printout on every one of your organs. So you can get all your organs checked out internally. And uh, if you want to get in there and uh, get your heart checked out and check everything out, you can do that with the incredible special. They continue to run heart CT scan and calcium score special, $600 value, total of $125 for you and your significant other. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. PD Center, Preventative Diagnostic Center, 702 area code, 534 534-7900, 534-7900. Okay, I'll get with Andy Isco. For the rest of hour number two, in just a sec, let me go and check out what's going on scoreboard-wise so we can update you, get you caught up. Got six finals now in the association. Hornets 122-99 beat the Hawks. Of course, they were uh, underdogs at home. Game stays under. Magic beat the Knicks. Win and a cover at home 118-100. 
and the game goes over the 210.5. Heat beat the Sixers on the road 109-104. Game stays well under the 226.5, and, a half, and uh, the Heat were 2.5-point road favorites. They're playing much better of late. They win the game by 5. Pacers beat the Raptors north of the border. They were minus 3, however, so they do not cover. They win it by 2, 127 to 125, getting up and over the 245.5. Celtics embarrassed the Nets, beat them by 50. Are you kidding me? They're up 40 at the half. They win it 136 to 86. I mean, come on, man. It's like, just leave at halftime. If you're playing that badly, just like leave the guys that never play, let them play the whole second half. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Pro team losing by 50. Celtics were minus 11 and a half, 227 and a half, and uh, the game still stays under the total. Bulls and the Cavs. Bulls led this game for a long time, but the Cavs come back and win it 108 to 105. Do not cover the 9.5. Game stays under the 222.5. Right now tied at 87 in Memphis. FedEx Forum. 10.07 to go fourth quarter. Rockets and Grizzlies. Grizzlies on a long losing streak. 99.98 in the Bayou. Now tied at 101. Pelicans and Wizards. 11.20 to go fourth quarter. Just underway in Nolens. Meanwhile, uh, Mavs up by 22 big ones. 80 to 58 on San Antonio. 4.15 to go third quarter. Suns cruising over uh, Sea Winds Pistons. 62 to 39. Up 23 big ones. Big ones laying 13 and a half, 238 is your total. Still 245 to go in the first half. Kings and Nuggets at the half in the Mile High City. It is Denver up 53 to 41, 229 and a half. Not going to get there unless you get OT. Uh, Nuggets minus five and a half in that game against Sacktown. I think Sacks played six or seven straight overs. And the Lakers up one halftime, 70 to 69 over the Jazz. Again, another game nobody playing defense. That's why the total is 240 and a half. One game coming up. Clips in San Fran to play the Warriors. Warriors coming out to play a minus three and a half, 238 is your total. Younger folks will not get that reference. Uh, move on down. Game's going right now. College basketball. Remember, the only game yet to tip off, UNLV Fresno State. Reds minus four and a half at uh, Fresno, 138 is your total. Utah State, Wyoming just underway from Laramie. Closed Utah State minus eight, 149. Oregon State, Arizona State tied at 33 after ASU built a double-digit lead early. Arkansas down six at the half. High-scoring game against Tennessee, 46-40. Your score there with the balls up six, laying eight and a half, total 151. You're on a good pace to get that up and over the total. Same thing with UConn and DePaul. That's at 81 at the half, 52-29. All Huskies, but that total two, uh, 141 and a half, and they probably just exchanged buckets. I would think you got a good uh, over right there. Sanford up nine on Western Carolina. Beat him the first time. The Catamounts on the road. And now first place Sanford up by nine, 38-29, laying seven. At home, 154.5 is your total. Auburn cruising, 848 to go. At home, 76-49, up 27 on South Carolina, laying 12. 848 left in regulation. And Iowa still up eight at Maryland. 10.04 to go second half. Maryland closing a five-point favorite, 147.5. Loyola, Chicago's lead is down to three, 60-57. to on St. Joe's, laying three and a half in that one at the Westgate Superbook. Northern Iowa won by 19 over Valpo. Bradley by only 12 against Illinois Chicago, and they were laying 14, and they were up 22. So you got to watch that closing number. Murray State gets a win in the cover, and the sweep of Missouri State winning 82-72 at home. The Racers cover the four, and the game flies over the 136.5. Belmont did get the win over Southern Illinois by 14, easily covering the three, and the game does get over the 147, hits 150. Wofford wins at Mercer, 73-60. Notre Dame holds on beats Georgia Tech 58-55 does not cover the three and a hook Clemson by 17 good close there beat Miami 77 to 60 and Northern Kentucky the Norse upset Wisconsin Green Bay first place Phoenix laying four and a half on their home court and they lose to the Norse 58-57 but the big story in college basketball Detroit the Titans they win their first game of the year beat IUPUI 81-66 they break that 26 game losing streak and Andy Isco I know you had him I just know I know you had Detroit tonight the Titans 
No, I didn't have Detroit, uh, but it was a clue that the oddsmakers made them such a large favorite despite the fact that they hadn't won a game. So if I were to play it, it would have been on Detroit, but I couldn't trust either team. There you go. Meanwhile, Maryland within a bucket now, 58-56 with nine minutes to go. Iowa could let another one get away. They've had several games that they've lost in the last eight, nine minutes in Big Ten play and uh, try and get back five trying to get back to 500 but Andy uh, you and I talked earlier today for just a brief second you didn't get into it with me uh, in total detail but you were saying hey you know whether or not Shanahan knew the rule and he says he did as far as the overtime rule which is a new rule of course it's not if you score the first team scores like it is regular season and gets a touchdown the game is over not the case both teams are guaranteed one possession at least in overtime if the game is tied after each team has a possession then it'll continue going on and you can go as long as the game goes and for those that were watching that uh, so-called fifth quarter ticking down thinking oh man they better put a move on no it would go to the next quarter just like it would go from the first to the second quarter so you didn't have a and any time limit there as far as the game and we remember you know seeing games of yesteryear way back when playoff games uh, KC and Miami and uh, Miami and San Diego long overtime games double overtime games Uh, but you thought with San Francisco uh, maybe Shanahan did know the rule and if he did you didn't disagree necessarily as far as them taking the ball first elaborate a little bit for our audience yeah, I don't know if he knew the rule or not or what the situation was. Because regardless whether you have the ball or not, you're still going to coach as best you can. I know a lot of people are saying you want to know what the first guy did so you, uh, so you know what you have to do. But as I said, regardless of whether you take it first or not, the first team with the, the, the team with the advantage, with the advantage is, uh, it's really hard to say because it depends really on what the second team does. But one thing is sure, you cannot win the game on the first possession in overtime. Because the best you could do is score a touchdown, and if you decide to go for two, you've now set the bar that the other team, in this case Kansas City, would have to go down, score a touchdown, and get the two-point conversion to extend the game. So you cannot win the game on the first possession. You might win the game on the second possession or the second drive, and then you will win the. Then you would do win the game the next time anybody scores. And the 49ers uh, would be assuming they did the same thing that uh, the Kansas City matched them. Uh, that the 49ers would have the first chance to actually win the game without question. Uh, of course, they could still do it uh, if, uh, if, 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 if as the way it happened. San Francisco gets a field. Kansas City gets a touchdown, but what I was mentioning is that you have to consider the situation. Would you, who would you rather have in a pressure-packed situation needing to come back? San Francisco might have said, you know what, we might very well want to Kansas City, we might very well expect Kansas City to score in that situation, but we certainly would not, would rather have, if, if Purdy's going to have pressure, have him, put, have him have his pressure on the first possession rather than uh, and set up what Kansas City needs to do, because there's nothing that says Kansas City is going to score. It might be likely that they could if all they need is a field goal, but 49ers have a pretty good defense, although they did fire Steve Wilkes today after uh, mm. uh, one season as a defensive coordinator. But Kansas City still has to uh, match, match or exceed what San Francisco, whatever team had the first possession, do, and there's no guarantee that he would do it, because look, Kansas City had struggled for a good part of the game in uh, turning uh, possessions into points. They had that long streak. Remember we said uh, they show up with Kansas City without a touchdown uh, entering. It was like the longest of Mahomes' career. So I can understand I can understand the situation both ways. I certainly did not have the same degree of 
uh, disagreement, let's say, uh, with, uh, uh, with what Shanahan did that a lot of people did. There you go. And, of course, San Francisco in the OT, 13 plays, 66 yards, had the ball 7 minutes, 38 seconds, and it comes down to that third. His his defense was gassed after the end of regulation, so that was another consideration that Shanahan had to consider. Let's have the ball for a lengthy time, as long as we can. You point out the 13 drives. By that time, the defense would have had a chance to recapture their best and put up their good performance. At the same time, they lost a couple of key key defensive players late in the game. That's a good call because uh, Kansas City, 11 plays, 64 yards in a minute 50. So you may look at time. They only had it in a minute 50, but they were going at such a rapid pace because they had to uh, because they were up against the clock. So uh, that's where San Francisco, you know, their big guys are, you know, they got to rush back because they know they're, they're going to get the ball snapped. And so you're right. They were gassed. And so I agree with you. That makes a lot of sense there, knowing that. Uh, they would have had an opportunity on that third possession of overtime to win if Kansas City doesn't elect, if uh, San Fran gets a touchdown, the extra point, if San Fran, uh, if KC doesn't elect to go for two. Kansas City, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes saying, oh, no, we were going to go for two. And I think that kind of put uh, Shanahan behind the eight ball a little bit more because it looked uh, you know, were to where it would come down to one play that you can win or lose the game, and the team would only need two yards a veteran team like Kansas City to win that game. But you're right, with Purdy, if, he, if he's down seven and, and gets that ball, yeah, then he's under pressure every series. He looked at, you know, really comfortable in the opening possession of overtime and had the tackle, the right tackle, picked up his block. They had two guys wide open. They had Ayuk and Jennings were both wide open and even Kittle underneath. So actually three guys were open there, but Purdy just, he had to throw it uh, be, in such a hurry because Chris Jones was right there on him that he said, I, I, I'm better off throwing it more towards the sideline. Jennings had made his outcut and was open by three yards, but if he threw that ball on the line and uh, you know was underthrown, then it could have been picked off and ran the other way, and that would have been the ball game right there on a pick six. So he, uh, he knew they were in field goal range, unfortunately, they had to settle for the field goal, and then it was up to San Francisco's defense to shut down Mahomes. And it came down to that fourth and one, really, where Mahomes called his own number. And I didn't know what they were going to do when they uh, marked Pacheco short on the third down. And then Mahomes is like, not going to give the ball up. I'm not going to give it up. And he took it himself, and I thought that was the key play right there. Well, so the thing certainly is that if uh, if San Francisco uh, gets the – gets the score, in this case a field goal, Kansas City obviously will go for it on every fourth down once they get their, the uh, opening kickoff because they have to score either a field goal to tie or a touchdown to win. But what happens if San Francisco on that fourth and one stops Kansas City? Now Kansas City uh, turns the ball over and the game is almost certainly over. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, if uh, San Francisco is able to get the, uh, the, field, the, uh, the score on, that second, on, the, on their second possession because the thing that you uh, that you keep in mind is that even if you uh, have those four opportunities uh, like Kansas City did on each series because they needed a score to extend or win the game, you still have to execute. And there's nothing that says that on the ensuing drive that you're not going to maybe have a little turnover if you're Kansas City, even though you've got that great experience with Mahomes. The thing is, Purdy, the 
weaker quarterback had the better collection of offensive talent around him than Mahomes, who's the best player in the game, had with him as the offensive talent around him. Yeah, you put Pacheco in there, and you put maybe uh, Kelsey in there. And, of course, they did get some uh, some good uh, wide receiver play this time. But uh, all things considered, the one, the one thing I do agree with, certainly, is that if Kansas City uh, scored a touchdown and had the chance to win the game right there, they would because they say, hey, if we win the game, it's over. If we don't make the uh, two-point conversion, San Francisco, you know, all they need to do is get into field goal, and as soon as they score, the game's over. So I can certainly agree with what Kansas City's thinking was, but again, I, 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 I understand why Shanahan got the criticism. I don't think it was as one-sided as a lot of people are saying. Well, he's getting more criticism from me for firing Steve Wilkes. Because, in other words, on that fourth and one that Mahomes gets the first down, if they stop him and win the game, oh, Steve Wilkes, the defense, they came up big. No, they lose, and the offense was under the microscope for some of the uh, shoddy play that they had in the first half, weren't able to uh, get in the end zone. Probably should have had a bigger lead than 10-3. to We all agree on that. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Steve Wilkes is the odd man out. And like Mark Lawrence said, only twice in uh, all their games were they outgained this year. Yeah, and of course, the, you know how much truth I can put into it. I don't know, but the uh, re- the reasoning that uh, Shanahan gave was that he just wasn't comfortable with uh, Wilkes putting in a different s- system that the uh, than the ones that they had played previously because of the players that they had. And he noticed it throughout the season that the players were not adapting to the new system as well as perhaps he would have thought they would. He would have sort of liked them too. So I don't know if that's just an excuse. There's some validity to it, but uh, you know, hey, the defense got you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, got you to the Super Bowl, and you got you to overtime and uh, had Kansas City on a fourth and one. You're literally one play away from winning the Super Bowl, and uh, you fire the defense coordinator after one year. Either team could have won that Super Bowl. San Francisco had more opportunities to win because they would take the go-ahead score, and then Kansas City would go down and match it until in the overtime when they needed to match a field goal to extend, and they got the touchdown to win. So it was, it was, the game played out the way a lot of people thought it would because it was expected to be competitive, and uh, about the only thing that uh, Shanahan, Shanahan can, uh, can think about now is he's become, I think, the first coach uh, whether it be head coach or offensive coordinator, to give up three double-digit leads in Super Bowls. That's, that's not a record you want to have. Yeah, no doubt. And then, uh, and Wilkes becomes a scapegoat. I'm not happy with that at all. I, I just don't like it. I just don't think it's appropriate. And, and you know what? I, I think he should have come out and taken some of the blame there uh, as far as the offense because the offense did not deliver. If, if I told you, Andy, that uh, Kansas City, the Chiefs, would have only three points at halftime, and only 13 after three quarters, you're going to say, oh, the defense isn't doing their job. You're going to think right away, my goodness, San Francisco came to play defensively. And, you know, you're giving up 25 points to this Kansas City team, but it's overtime. You're talking overtime. That's, that's pretty phenomenal with the experience they had offensively in Super Bowls going into this game. And oh, I thought, you go back to I, the end of regulation, Kansas yep. City scored five times. Four of them were field goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so the San Francisco offense, A, did its job in limiting uh, Kansas City to field goals rather than touchdowns, four out of five of those scoring drives. And uh, number two, the Kansas City offense did not perform up to its established level, but we knew that all year. This is, this is the weakest offense that Kansas City has had uh, since Mahomes became starting quarterback, and it showed up again in the Super Bowl. They did make the plays at the end, and of course it, it really did come down to that uh, fourth down play. And of course, let's also remember, now people will point out the muffed punt that enabled Kansas City to score one play later, but 
keep in mind, earlier in the game, Kansas City had some big uh, plays that were uh, that were wiped out. So it's not as if uh, each team didn't have their opportunities to uh, extend uh, the amount of points they had. There you go. All right. We will come back with Andy Esco. Keep things rolling. Going to talk some college hoops. Uh, good run by Maryland up 64-60 and now 65-60. And uh, I believe Iowa just got a bucket. So 65-62, uh, 428 to go. Maryland second half in that one. Auburn cruise control up 26 at home on South Carolina inside the final six minutes there. And uh, keeping an eye on Tennessee now up 12 on Arkansas, 15.53 to go. Uh, second half, make it 59.47, 15 minutes to go. Arizona State on a good little run in the second half. And Tempe up 11 on Oregon State, 49.38. And Wyoming, a five-point early lead, three, uh, seven minutes in there, uh, 13 minutes to go there in Laramie. 16-11, eight-point dogs against the Aggies of Utah State. UNLV minus four and a half at Fresno State. Only game yet to tip. It'll tip at the top of the hour. 138 is your total in that game. And uh, as far as the games on the ice, I'll get you updated on those three games when we come back live from Vegas. 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And uh, welcome to Forklift University. Steve Drake, a new sponsor. And I'm telling you, for uh, and they cater to uh, those that get out of the military. So if you're getting out and you're looking for something to do, or you just want to get a good trade, or maybe you know your kid didn't do great in school and looking for something to do, I'm telling you, we saw it over there at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center during Super Bowl Radio Row. Those forklift drivers are phenomenal, and forklift you, that's what they do. They train you to drive those forklifts to where you can make some really, really good money. So listen to that spot, and I'll uh, jot that number down. But thanks to Steve Drake and giving us a shot here at SportsX Radio and the Worldwide Odyssey app, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Such a great song. Stevie Wonder, a little superstition coming back. Mark Hook spinning the hits. I love that song, man. There are some songs that, you know, you just hear, you haven't heard for a while, and you just want to let them play, and you're like, oh, wait, I got Isco on the line. I got to continue talking sports here. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, five nights a week, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on K-Dawn, 101.5 FM, and uh, really enjoying myself here at Steiner's Pub. 15 years now. At 1750 North Buffalo. And Roger Sachs and the crew just do a great job. I just love it. And I uh, hope you had a great anniversary last night. Great, I said great timing by Ann, his wife. I mean, set it up on February 13th and then get another gift on February 14th. Way to be, Ann. Ann Sachs taking care of business. Taking uh, Roger to the cleaners a little bit, I'm sure, last night and tonight. But that's okay. He can afford it. And uh, we are good to go. Rocking and rolling with Andy Isco at Vegas Andy 711 at Vegas Andy 711. Follow him on X that way. And uh, don't forget Mark Lawrence at Mark Lawrence. Mark spelled with a C. And then the show at SportsX Radio and at Ken Thompson 87. Archives up 45 minutes after the broadcast. But if you have that free worldwide Odyssey app, you can go right to it after the show concludes and search SportsX Radio right there. Odyssey, just put SportsX Radio Ken Thompson. It'll come right up and you can listen to the show in its entirety. 
Update real quick. Jazz lead the Lakers 80-78. to 78, Eight minutes to go. Third quarter action there and underway. Warriors Clippers out of the gate. Warriors up three, six minutes into that first quarter. Move on down and St. Joe's Loyola. Loyola got a late bucket to cover the three and a half. Win it by five, 64-59. The Ramblers get it done. And uh, they sweep the season series there from the Hawks of St. Joe's. Maryland up five now on Iowa with 2.04 to go. Laying five, closing number 147.5. And, and this is a game that I was, I was led probably 85% of the game. But uh, looking like they may come up short again. Auburn 87-60, to 60, just crushing South Carolina down to the four-minute mark there. Bruce Pearl's guys on cruise control. Samford up 17, 14 minutes to go against Western Carolina. 55-38, Catamounts don't get beat like that too often. Connecticut nearly up 30, 66-37 at DePaul, laying 24.5, still 15-32 to go in that one. Tennessee up 18 now at Arkansas, 13-56 to go in Fayetteville. 8.5 was the spread, and it's uh, 67-49 balls. Rick Barnes has those guys ready. ASU also, Bobby Hurley got them uh, really cruising in the second half in Tempe. 54-38, 10-49 to go. They're up 16 on the Beavs of Oregon State, laying 6.5. And, and Wyoming's still up, but only by 4 now in Laramie. 18-14, 11-44 to go over Utah State. And the Rebs in Fresno, the only game yet to tip off. So we'll keep things rolling on the ice. One game going, Minnesota leads at Arizona 1-0. The other games end at 5-2 Florida. Game gets over the total of 6, but Chicago Bill right on the money saying, man, I KT, I'd have made money on Winnipeg. Final score, 1-0. They shut out San Jose, total 5.5. And, and Chicago Bill saying, gosh, dang it, I, I was going to... And Chicago Bill got to get the app, but he's got the flip phone. The guy don't even know how to freaking text, for the love of God. It's like, get out of the dark ages, Chicago. Bill, you're killing me. Even Isco does this stuff with regularity. AI, I need you to give Chicago Bill a lesson to, you know, so he's able to, you know, get the app on a phone and use it and make bets so when he's at Steiner's, he can just hang here with KT. Well, you got to do whatever you're comfortable with, and uh, Bill's not alone. I know a number of people who still use the old flip phone, and uh, they're very comfortable just driving down to the sportsbook and making their sports wagers. You know, there you go, the old I flip phone. Recommended. Yeah, him and Mannix, him and Mannix and Colombo are using the flip phone. It's unbelievable. All right, uh, AI college basketball tomorrow. Got some good games. Where are you on that Northwestern Rutgers game? Because. Uh, Michael's team's not playing that great this year. Northwestern's a fun team. Now, they, they did blow a game at Minnesota uh, against, you know, with Bowie missing some free throws down the stretch. Uh, Rutgers minus 2.5, 131 against the boys from Evanston. I can't lay points with Rutgers. I just can't do it. No, especially against a uh, Northwestern team that has competed very well against uh, uh, some of the top teams in the conference. But it's always difficult going out on the road. And at two and a half, you're basically asking Northwestern to win. And, you know, maybe we see a game like we're seeing with Iowa-Maryland tonight where the road team, Iowa, gets off and maintains a nice little lead. And then the home team at the very end comes back. And, yeah, it's a bigger number that uh, Maryland's uh, laying tonight against Iowa. But it's a short number for Rutgers. But don't like the, I don't like the inconsistency of Rutgers' play this year. Yeah, they do have some nice wins. They had that big win against Michigan, the 20-point win, but uh, it's not a game I'm going to be playing. All right, uh, move on down. I know you follow all the uh, mid-major conferences as well. Uh, What about Western Kentucky? Not the same team that we've seen over the years with that dominance in Hilltopper land, but they're laying 5.5 against UTEP, 151.5. Didn't know if you did your numbers yet for any of uh, tomorrow's action, but... uh, I still want to, like, I see a home team like that that's always perennially good on their home court in Western Kentucky, and it makes me want to jump at them and uh, take a shot. Were you on that game or any other games on the board that you're looking at? 
No, I haven't really uh, done uh, much of my in-depth work on tomorrow's card, but my first initial reaction is to look towards uh, Western Kentucky because, again, they do have the pedigree, and uh, UTEP's played well at times. They've looked awful at times with some hard-to-explain losses. They're not a very, very good team, but right now they're a couple of games above 500. But I need to do more work before deciding on that one. It's not the one that I have a, an automatic feel for before I get in-depth. All right, what about the Rebs tonight? Would you lay the points in, in uh, Fresno? They've won four in a row. They're playing good ball. I think it's a game I stay away from. I don't like laying the four and a half up there. I know Justin Hudson's under pressure there as coach for the Bulldogs, so I know he'll have them ready. And they turned it over 21 times in that first meeting at Thomas and Mac, so you know they're going to try and cut down on that. Rebs also turned it over 13 times. Kevin Kruger wasn't happy with that. Coaches, unless you're under double digits with turnovers, uh, they're always going to complain, so I get it. Uh, but what about that game tonight? It's a big game for the Rebs because if they can win this one, I mean, they're right there. If Utah State were to lose at Wyoming, everybody would be with four in the loss column at the top there of the Mountain West. Yeah, and that may tell you something, the fact that there is no clear-cut team in the Mountain West, which has been a very solid competitive conference. Did not play the game, would like to lean towards uh, Fresno State, but still trying to uh, decipher what to make of UNLV's impressive win uh, at uh, New Mexico in a situation where New Mexico was looking to avenge an earlier loss. So maybe it's a situation where UNLV is finally getting it all together, but the situation would call for a play on the home dog. There you go. And San Diego State embarrassed Colorado State the other day in the second half. They were trailing at the half, but beat them by 30, Chicago Bill told me. 41-11 to 11 in the second half. Good Lord. Uh, San Diego State at 8-4, and four, New Mexico at 8-4. and four. Now, Utah State's at 8-3. and three. They have that tilt tonight in Laramie out of the gate slowly against the Pokes. Uh, Boise, Boise State 7-4. and four. They got swept by New Mexico. Then UNLV 6-4, and four, but they swept New Mexico. And they got... We, we know they got job, Andy, on that five-point play against Utah State in the game they lose by a point when they were up five. Uh, I'm sorry, up four with, uh, you know, just seconds to go. And the old five-point play where they called a foul uh, for clearing out on the rebound and then the three-pointer dropped simultaneously. And it ended up being a five-point play. And UNLV was just stunned. They are just, you got to be kidding me how you made that call. And, uh, look, I know they may call sometimes, and then they'll apologize, and, hey, we're sorry, we probably shouldn't have called. Yeah, well, that's all well and good, but it doesn't change anything in the standings. Uh, You're taking the Mountain West. Is Utah State the team to beat? They have the best record right now. I think this Rebel team is dangerous, and they've been, uh, you know, just playing well. They've been shorthanded from early in the year, but now they've developed a couple more players because they had to play shorthanded, and now they've got these players back. I, I think this team's dangerous in the Mountain West, and I I really think the Mountain West has a chance to get six teams in because Nevada's a dangerous team as well. So you look at Nevada, Colorado State, UNLV, Boise State, San Diego State, New Mexico, and Utah State. That's seven teams. It won't shock me if the Mountain West ends up getting six teams in. I'd be surprised if they get that many, especially when you look at the number of teams. Again, we talk about what it takes to lead the conference right now. Having four losses and uh, leading in the conference, you know, unless you have some really outstanding non-conference wins, some of those four lost teams, or well, a lot of them will have more than four losses as they continue to play each other. Uh, I think New Mexico may have been the most consistent team throughout much of the season, which is why that loss, that outright loss, I did not play the game the other night, but still uh, surprised that uh, New Mexico State lost on their home court as a uh, double-digit uh, favorite. Uh, 
Boise has been very consistent. Colorado State, not nearly the team that they were at the start of the year. San Diego State is always dangerous, and the deeper you get into the, se- and the deeper you get into the season, and the deeper and the longer that uh, San Diego State remains in contention, that uh, that experience that they have, even you know going back to the old Steve Fisher days, and he's been gone a number of years, makes me like their chances. That if there's a big game that needs to be won, I might uh, prefer San Diego State over the others. Although I'll put New Mexico up there as well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, Rebels handled New Mexico, you, like you said, so it'll be interesting how this uh, team goes forward. But the Boone brothers are a lot of fun to watch. And you get play like you got the other day when Don Thomas Jr. had 25 points. That's great news for the Rebs. So hopefully the young man can continue his excellent play as uh, he runs the show over there as a freshman, doing a nice job there for Kevin Kruger. So we'll keep an eye on that. Interesting how Indiana State busts into the top 25 and their first game is at home against a down team, Illinois State, who's usually respectable, but a team that entered the game 11-14, and 5-9 and nine in the conference, and the boys from Normal, Illinois, wire to wire, knock off Indiana State. Subsequently, Indiana State will not be in the top 25 next week. Yeah, I sort of missed that one. Uh, I looked at it. I saw the big number. I thought the number was right. And, of course, I was thinking about also the fact that you're, you're talking about a team not that isn't in the – that not a team that was in the top 25 for the first time in, you know, eight or ten years. You're talking, what, 40-something years since 1979 and Larry Bird. But I wasn't sure that I could trust Illinois State. Certainly did not expect Illinois State to win the game. It was another game where I thought that uh, Indiana State could just as easily ride that momentum because they were playing the kind of opponent that I felt could give them a, uh, uh, a good contest. But uh, Illinois State just really surprised me with that effort. And uh, uh, I'll be interested to see, and I'll probably be more likely to go against Indiana State. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but if they're on the road, I might look to go against them. It's, all, it's not quite like that long losing streak but it's that huge event that finally brings things to an end and uh, you disappoint or you overcome and uh, you that performance often carries over a game all right AI it is a final Iowa goes down uh, well they're gonna go down it's uh, 78 66 Maryland's gonna win that game over Iowa pulling away inside the last five minutes but clue me in real quick on the Ivy League Yale 7-0, Cornell 6-1, Princeton 5-2, then everybody else under 500. Your Quakers lost their one of their best scorers early on in the season. Uh, you know, a down year for them, tied with Dartmouth at the bottom. Can I make any money in the Ivy? Because is, is Yale that much better than Cornell or Princeton, or is that a toss-up with those three? It's probably a toss-up with those three. I think you'd probably give Yale and Princeton an edge over Cornell, though this is Cornell's best season in a number of years. I'm still trying to understand how the change dynamics of the schedule may have been playing into this because, you know, for many, many years they'd play Friday, Saturday night uh, each week, and maybe I think the only teams that would play uh, uh, at different times of the season uh, would be Princeton and Penn. They'd play one game early, then they'd play the rematch later. Even when you had teams like Brown and uh, uh, I think it was Brown, Brown and Harvard, I think, were the playing partners, or maybe it was Harvard, Dartmouth and Harvard. They might play uh, one weekend in January at Harvard and two weeks later at the other place. So uh, the whole scheduling now, you play isolated games. Uh, and, I, and I think uh, I, and you, you've seen it really throughout college basketball. I mean, you look at the ACC, there's no really strong teams. And I don't know to what extent it affects the Ivy League because of their scholarship situation and all that, but the NIL and the transfers uh, has decreased the amount of consistency 
as far as the talent and the rosters go from year to year. So I think the Ivy League just may be a situation where there's no really dominant team. You've still got a lot of long-time coaches there, but uh, uh, the performance on the court uh, uh, has not been up to the usual standards. Certainly, certainly Penn has probably been a big disappointment. You point out the injuries, but I think Cornell's been the surprise team, but I'd probably still go with Princeton if I had to. They have some very, very nice non-conference, pre-conference wins. There you go. All right. So uh, Yale on a nine-game winning streak, but AI says keep an eye on the veteran team, the team that always seems to be in the hunt, the Princeton Tigers. Uh, duck in uh, another college basketball score, 101-61. to 61. That's how South Carolina lost at Auburn tonight by 40 big ones. So you enter into the top 15, you're feeling good about yourself, and, boy, can that be a humbling loss. Samford up 24 on Western Carolina. Ten minutes still to go in the second half. That is a good team out of the SoCon. They are by far the best team. They've been very consistent, and they lost a pretty good player. And uh, still right there at the top of the Southern Conference. Connecticut nearly up 40, 81-42, 11-33 to go at DePaul. Tennessee up 22 now in Fayetteville over Arkansas, 73-51. It's been all vols in the second half, and uh, Arizona State up 14, 7-57 to go up on Oregon State, now up 18, 63-45 with 7-27 to go. Utah State and Wyoming, how about the Pokes are up 10 now, 30-20 to in Laramie. Over the boys from Logan, Utah. So a win there by Wyoming. And you couple that with a win by UNLV. Rebs are only going to be a half game out of first place in the Mountain West if they can do that tonight and if Wyoming can continue right now. Still plenty of time in that game, 25 minutes and 58 seconds, but a 10-point lead in Laramie for Wyoming. Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Uh, of course, always using the PSR Law hotline and PSR Law on there uh, in those studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And, of course, that's Panish, Shea, and Rabaputi, the best in personal injury in the Vegas Valley for a long time, over $5 billion in verdicts and settlements for their clients the last five years. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice is... Panish, Shea, Ravaputi, PSR Law. You may not need them now, but you may need them in the future, so jot it down. 702 area code 560-5520, 560-5520. Take our final break of the evening. Come on back. Finish things up live at Steiner's Pub. You're listening to SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, produced by Mark Hoke. Mark Hoke show Sunday mornings 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling, also here on the Odyssey app and on KDOM 101.5 FM. Live from Vegas, live at Steiner's, Ken Thompson coming right back to wrap up the show. Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Just another incredible voice taken much too soon out of our lives, Marvin Gaye. So what's going on as we come back? Great selections tonight on the bumper music by Mark Hoke. And uh, does a great job producing SportsX Radio five nights a week. Wednesday nights, KT always live. Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 103 in the Vegas Valley to serve you. And the other four nights, PSR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Uh, there was that second round of, uh, well, it's the first leg of the uh, round of 16 in the Champions League soccer. And Bayern Munich got beat today by Lazio out of Italy, out of the Italian uh, League there. 1-0 the final there in Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, got a goal from Mbappe and Barcola 
in the second half to get a 2-0 victory over uh, Real Sociedad. So uh, that is your first set up there as far as the first eight teams. Uh, there were a couple games yesterday, and they do those on Tuesday, Wednesday. Those are a lot of – it's really cool if you follow soccer. I mean, to watch guys kick a ball the way, you know, a Peyton Manning throws it, you know, like right on the money, and, and you kick it 40 yards right to the guy, like perfectly placed, incredible. And they do that effortlessly, uh, the real good ones in those first division leagues. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun to, to watch – the Champions League. I really enjoy it. Yesterday, Man City, one of the best teams in the world, 3-1 over FC Copenhagen, and uh, Real Madrid, a 1-0 victory over RB Leipzig. Uh, And then next week, you'll have more of the action on the Tuesday, Wednesday, on the 20th and the 21st. That'll be uh, International against Atletico Madrid, PSV Eindhoven going against Borussia Dortmund. And then on Wednesday, the uh, last of the games of the round of 16, FC Porto out of Portugal against Arsenal, and then Napoli out of the Italian League going up against Spain's finest in Barcelona. So that'll be good stuff and always good because those games are right around noon here Pacific time. So get to get a little sports during the day while I'm getting ready for the show and getting all things situated. Andy Isco, my guest, of course, on Wednesday's hour number two, Arthur DeCesar taking a little time off, and rightly so. My goodness, the hours those guys put in at the Superbook, getting all those props up there. And when you work in risk management, you cannot, it's not like you can go in hungover or you can, you know, go in and be tired. No, you better be on top of it because there's a lot of money being bet on these apps. And you better be on top of it to make sure that everything's going according to plan there. And Arthur DeCesar does a great job. The young man from Connecticut, I love him. Uh, it's, uh, I feel bad for him. He's a Yankee fan. But other than that, he's, he's got it together and uh, really enjoy Art Dice. And uh, he will be back real soon. But, Andy Esco, let's uh, uh, pick things up. I want to get your take on uh, the association. I wanted to get your take on the Knickerbockers. I know they're a little bit banged up, but they've been busy wheeling and dealing. How good is this team going into uh, the second half of the season after the All-Star break? I think they're a very good team, and they're going to, uh, you know, the key is will they finish in the top four in the Eastern Conference and have a, uh, you know, a protected uh, seed. Right now they are sitting fourth. Uh, I don't know if this current tension I'm looking at actually have them at, uh, tied with Philadelphia at 33 and 22, but I don't know if that uh, includes Philadelphia's results uh, uh, tonight. So they've been playing well. They've been able to get through uh, the injuries. Every team has injuries. The Knicks seem to have been uh, getting them clustered in, ter- in terms of the number at one time. Boston still remains remains the team to beat in the East. And, you know, you talked about earlier uh, what Boston did to uh, Brooklyn tonight, winning by 50. The most surprising thing about that is they just played last night uh, down in uh, in Brooklyn, and it was an eight-point win by Boston. So for them to turn right around and, and beat this team uh, considerably more handily than they did last night uh, uh, suggests that Boston is playing with, with full focus. This is not the same Brooklyn Nets team that we've seen over the last few years when they went through a lot of personnel changes and never quite achieved what's expected of them with certain rosters. But uh, uh, they still have some talent. But uh, I've, I've been very impressed with Boston. Teams like uh, Golden State have struggled. Although Golden State's won five in a row heading into uh, tonight. Of course, they're still early in the game. Uh, just, uh, what, about the early, about a third of the way through the second quarter. Golden State uh, up by, I think, about six right now. Uh, so maybe they are rounding into shape. And I think the team that I've been impressed with in the West is their opponent tonight, the Clippers. They uh, finally have gotten healthy. They're playing very good. So I don't know what the odds say right now, but I wouldn't be surprised. 
surprised if uh, uh, if Boston and the Clippers are are right at the top of uh, what the uh, expectations are to uh, make it to the finals. Of course, I don't think you can ever really write off Golden State, although this is a team that's aging. And I think you say, say the same thing in the East with uh, Milwaukee. This is a team that's getting old. The team, the two teams in the West that I really like is I, I, I and Denver, of course, defending champion. They're still formidable. I like both Oklahoma and Minnesota, who have been playing extremely well this season. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those two make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this Timberwolves team is a lot of fun to watch. I mean, Anthony Edwards is a beast, man. That kid can flat out play. And, and the, the Jersey kid, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, love the big cat. And uh, both those guys over 22 points per game. So there's plenty of offense to be had. I mean, now, you know, when you're scoring, you know, 13, 15 points, you're like, you're not even in the top 100. Uh, you know, you're not even in the, in the top 1,000, it feels like, because there's no defense being played outside of by a few guys or a few select teams. And that's why it's going to be interesting when the postseason comes down, because the Knicks getting Ananobi, if he gets healthy, he is a defensive guy that, uh, that can really ignite that team. And, and uh, you know, just maybe, just maybe the Knicks can, can do something, at least win a playoff series or two. Yeah, that that would be my goal for the Knicks this year, win their first-round playoff series, especially if they are top-four seed, meaning that they'd be expected to win that opening-round series and see how far they can go. I think the Knicks are a team that does show nice potential for a year or two down the road as some of these other teams continue to, uh, to age, but uh, the organization has done a, done a fairly good job this year, and they made some nice moves that I think will pay off. And you talk about Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be one of those players for the next few years that uh, will be in the MVP conversation, uh, but uh, until he's able to lead this team, I think, uh, into like, uh, let's say into the uh, Western Conference Championships, I think he's still going to be in the shadow of a lot of the other, uh, the, the usual suspects that have been performing at that level for the last, you know, four or five years. No doubt, and you uh, mentioned OKC. I'm telling you, Chet Holmgren coming off that injury last year early on, and uh, he's played all 54 games, averaging over 30 minutes per game, 17 points, 8 rebounds, Three assists, doesn't turn it over much at all. I like the way this kid plays, and uh, they are an exciting team. There is no doubt, AI, uh, OKC. Going to do it for us on a Wednesday night. Andy Isco, my guest in hour number two, and, of course, uh, the great Mark Lawrence in hour number one. TheLogicalApproach.com, Andy Isco, does great writing. Uh, Sports letter is absolutely one of the best ever. I mean, and he does all his own work. He always has, and uh, he's just got an incredible mind. He's got that Ivy League education, but I'm telling you, he's got a mind that is like a, uh, it's unbelievable. It's just like a net. It traps everything, and he gives us great information each and every week, and this is his 10th year on SportsX Radio, and I am always happy when I get the original AI on. It's not Alan Iverson. It's not Andre Iguodala. It's not artificial intelligence. It's Andy Isco, and SportsX Michelle actually laughed because she said, Andy Isco, he is artificial intelligence. He's probably the brains behind all that stuff. Great stuff as we uh, wrap things up. AI, we'll do it again next week, pal. Thank you. I'll look forward to it. Let's wish everybody a uh, very successful uh, week between now and then. Have a good week. It was some really good college games coming up. There you go. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us as KT finishes up. Thanks to Mark Hoke back at the studio, to Mark Lawrence and to Andy Isco, and to you, the listeners. ASU up 19 now, a minute 42 to go. They're going to get their win. UConn up 34. They're going to get the win, 738 to go over uh, there at DePaul. And Wyoming up four at the half on Utah State. Come on, Pokes, knock off those Aggies and give UNLV a shot. They're coming up in a little bit. 
Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving, most of all. God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports Radio, 101.5 FM. K-Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. God bless. Good night, everybody.